Welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's the latest about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game, and it's a good bet one of us has gotten a little too much sun today, and we'll have a hard time completing sentences. <laughs> is the room supposed to be spinning? Yay, uh, I don't feel so good. It's really nice out, though, today. Beautiful day today. Um, Wind, windy. Really windy. Oh, really? Not where we yeah. were at, down by the coast. But uh, we have shovels full of things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about Conway Lake bass fishing. All right. Um, I know. Our joint uh, adventure of hunting creek chub suckers and the mighty saltwater bluefish. They were mighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually have some Stump the Fish Nerds um, questions to, Finally. to touch on. I know. It's nice. It feels like it's um, been forever. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it takes time to get the phone number out there. It's How many bathroom walls have we written that phone number on? It's finally starting to work. Um, <laughs> this podcast uh, is brought to you by FishNerds.com. We'll talk a little bit about our uh, our strategy for moving forward. Right. And, of course, we have Fish in the News. Fish News is always good news. Fish News is always good news. So uh, that's our podcast. Now, bass fishing on Conway Lake. I got to go out fishing. That's very cool. Yeah, uh, Wednesday night, my friend Chris Prue and I, Chris is from uh, White Mountains Today, he's from the local TV station up here in North Conway. Yeah. Uh, he asked me if he can go fishing with me, which, of course, I said, sure, get in the boat, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and by the way, I just want to, uh, you've never said no to something like that. I, I, I never say no to anything. <laughs> you never say no to anything. It's really no. kind of interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. anyway. Luck, luckily, we both had the free night, so we went out. Um, Conway Lake is an interesting lake because it, it's a huge lake, but and it it's just a big circle. But there's this cove you have to get out of when you park your boat, so it takes 15 minutes to get to the open water because of the no wake zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, but once you get out there, you just we cruise across this other cove that just piles and piles of rocks, and uh, the the buoy system doesn't make any sense because I well maybe I can't read the buoy system, but I always <laughs> I always smash into rocks. <laughs> So, that's not good. It's not well. It's okay because that's where the that's where the smallmouth bass live, and that's what we we're hunting for. Oh right, yeah. So uh, Chris's favorite smallmouth bass lure is a um, what he calls a wacky rig. We talked about these before. These are the Gary Yamamoto uh, rubber worms hooked through their belly, basically, and just jig through the water. Right. And I and I use a sluggo hooked up weedless, and we fished like that for like two hours, and nothing. Oh. Don't you hear that a lot? I always say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Squat. Nothing. Zero. Couldn't catch him. Moved around. Weren't catching any fish. Uh, so we tried a new spot. Still nothing. So we decided to gear down. You know, our, whenever we're not catching fish, smaller hooks. Yeah, that's right. Just keep going smaller till you're so small you don't see hooks, and then you go home. <laughs> then you go. That's right. They're gone. <laughs> so, so I tied on a uh, Panther Martin, which is made by Meps. This little gold spinner with a little red rooster tail on it. Yep. Cast first cast hit the water. Boom, smallmouth bass. Sweet. So just they weren't wanting big food. Oh, maybe just, it's just that that late summer blues. They get tired and hot, and they're like, oh, I just don't feel like eating that big thing today, or it might bite <laughs> me back. So really fun. But then yeah. Chris did the same thing. He tied a small. I forget what he tied on. Small lure, and he started catching fish as well, and had a really good time. 
Oh, that's awesome. So really kind of the the takeaway to that, and it's not a really great story, but the takeaway from that is <laughs> is the fish are there. They've always been there. Small, small, small is the answer. So Right. That and, that that's good. Now, you know, if we were on the professional bass fishing tournament and tour, you know, you'd be talking about Oh, it's about the patterns and matching and, you know, my tri-lean double-zero line. And, you know, you'd have to figure in as much endorsement as you possibly can. That's right. You have to really know all those terms, you know. I threw Lady Gaga in with a hook attached to her and I still can't catch a fish. Right, what yeah. What am I going to do? You just pile on all that like you all intended it. And the results would still be the same. You still wouldn't catch anything on all those other things. And you'd still catch more fish when you got a smaller size that's right yeah so there it goes that's that's it <laughs> well okay that's good yeah that's so good. small mouth bass but really fun good time nice to be out you know and then we got beer afterwards oh see there and you go very good and wing we got wings it was wing night at the local uh local smokehouse so that was nice <laughs> <laughs> very nice yeah that was really um, good salt and vinegar by the way awesome wings oh yeah yeah. I've never been a fan of the salt and vinegar. I don't get it. No, I I don't get it either. But we went to it was a three hundred two smokehouse in Freiburg, Maine. Yep. Does wing nights on Wednesdays for like like seventy cents a wing, and they have like thirty kinds of wings. And so we ordered a variety of them, and that one was super yummy, just really really super good. Wow, very yeah. cool. You know, um, I work down near Chinatown in Boston, mm-hmm. and one of the things that amazes me is um, chicken feet. Are <laughs> they are as big as chicken wings, in uh, you know, in I guess uh, the the I don't know white people's realm up here, um, but in the those Chinese markets, they'll just have big trays of of chicken feet. Have you bought them? I haven't bought them. I've read a little bit about how the chicken feet are like people that have grown up with chicken feet love chicken feet. Um, just sounds like the worst thing possible. But apparently most most delicacies or most, you know, especially ethnic delicacies start off as like a poor person's food. Right. And then we, we as Americans, we adopted it and said, OK, that poor person's food we're never going to eat. And then all one year we just change our corners and all of a sudden we're eating lobster and that's it. So, yeah, exactly. Well, wings. Maybe they're the new lobster <laughs> wings. You know, I mean, I'm sure wings were thrown away at some point. Well, because they're so tiny. Like, they should make buffalo thighs. They should. They should. <laughs> I, I think buffalo feet will be the next thing. Ah, uh, yeah, no. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> bad um, idea. Bad idea. Well, anyway, I digress. Uh, we actually were uh, together fishing yesterday. It's a rare opportunity. I know. And you know what? I realize we still didn't take a picture of us together fishing. <laughs> People what, are starting to of, think we're like Superman and Clark Kent. What kind of morons are we that, you know, we, we finally get the time away. We can go fishing together and we don't get a picture of us. Well, the problem, there's a problem. Here's the problem. We don't look very good. And then, like, together, <laughs> we look twice as bad. So why would we do that? <laughs> why, indeed. Yes, that's why we podcast. That's um, right. <laughs> Well, anyway, yesterday was great, though, because we did get to go fishing, and we started off down uh, some saltwater fishing. Uh, Clay doesn't get to go saltwater fishing uh, near as much as he'd like to. Well, and back he's... up, back up, back up. <laughs> back up a little bit, because the the plan was 
to go fishing for creek chub suckers. We were going to put a full day in on creek chub suckers. Yeah, it's because we need those for the quest. Yeah. We brought our waders. We had all the, all the gear for these small fish. We're ready to go. But then I said to Dave, hey, I heard fish were living in the ocean. <laughs> and we heard from Suds and Sodas, the good, good people up at Suds and Soda up in Greenland, that uh, the bluefish were moving in. And uh, they recommended Little Bay up around um, oh the Route Four Bridge, I guess, is where they were saying they were catching them. They were like, didn't they say like a foot long or something? They say like twelve to eighteen inches. So we got really excited. Yeah, and uh, but since we knew we had to go for Creek Chub Suckers, we said, all right, well let's let's go down at Hampton where we know we can get out on the marsh, and then we can also still go for Creek Chub Suckers just up the way a little bit. So. So we didn't make the trip up to Dover like they had recommended, but we went out to the Hampton Marsh. And a really neat spot. I I like that spot a lot. It was a really cool spot. Yeah, and it's this old railroad uh, bed that runs out across the marsh, and and people work their way out there. And it's neat because it floods. When the high tide comes in, it creates all these little islands, and if you're not careful, you'll get stuck out on an island. Right, so we we, we got there. And there was just people putting their boats in the water. And David said, hey, Clay, don't bring your boat. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, re- I was like, as soon as we got there, I'm watching boats just like mine get out there. I'm like, ah, oh, I should have brought the boat. And then, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as you pointed out, if you were to go back to your house after you left that morning mm-hmm. to get the boat. Don't, don't, don't tell the story. <laughs> don't tell this story? No, don't tell this story. <laughs> Why? Because it'll get you in trouble. Probably, yeah. So, <laughs> no boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we'll just leave it at that. that uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> he, he, it was wise not to go get the boat. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, moving along. Uh, we went out to... Huh, look at the time. Is this podcast over already? <laughs> so, we went out to uh, oh, Hampton Marsh. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was neat. There was there was one guy who was uh, down by the rail, the old railroad trestle there. I think there's two. This is the smaller of the two. Right. And, we had to walk out to it. We parked, and then we had to walk to the railroad trestle. Right. And you walk out, and you kind of the road dips down and dips up and dips down. You know, and the tracks run kind of right across all that stuff. Right. And uh, so we got out there, and the, there's a guy fishing, nice, friendly guy. He had a whole bunch of rods. He was changing rods and reels like every. Uh, he must have had like seven or eight there, just set up ready to go. He, he was really geared up for a day of whatever fish was there. Right, exactly. So we get out there and uh, asked if he was catching. He's like, oh, yeah, there's like some bluefish out. And it, right now the, the tide was coming in. So we and were about. I I've never seen tide come in like this. But that tide was rushing in like a raging river. Like I've never seen tide come in so fast. Yeah, it was Like really the currents weird. were unreal. Like it just whipping under that trestle and bubbling oh water was just boiling all over the place where that water was tearing through i just can't imagine a fish hanging out in that uh but they were there were they lots were. of uh little blue fish so Snap more ass. like <laughs> more like six inch range instead of the 12 inch range yeah my my two inch lure was too big yeah for these fish but uh they were a kick to catch i ended up putting on a sabiki rig with a little uh uh, chartreuse marabou jig and uh, on the end of it and it was just perfect they were hitting it uh, at the most i think i i brought in 
two, I think. He once hooked three, then one shook the hook. Those sabikis are such fine hooks. It's easy for a fish to, to throw them. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I actually went out today, by the way, uh, this afternoon, and I did pull uh, one in that had three on it. So so you win. I did go. I, Were I went, they bigger? Uh, I caught one slightly, uh, one bigger one that was more like 10 inches. Did you go to the same spot? I did go to the well. There was a family park there. Ah, they ruined everything. Oh, they were so annoying too. This <laughs> you didn't give them a card and say, "Hey, check no. out a podcast." <laughs> no, no, I did good. not. Good. Um, but they were uh, they they were definitely staked out that whole area, and I was like, Ugh, "I'm not even going to bother trying to get down there." Um, but uh, I ended up just going a little bit further further away from the trestle. I put on waders actually and waded out into the marsh. Well, that was smart. And let's get back to that first story and talk about why it was smart to put on waders. <laughs> so we so, walk out to this guy's fishing. He's got his truck parked right at the trestle. He drove to where we were. So we figured he knows something we don't. We're probably in good shape to fish while the tide comes in. And we did. We kept fishing and fishing and fishing and just kept catching these little snappers. Right. And not taking nearly enough pictures, by the way. I know. We, we took some videos, some pictures. But, yeah, we never take enough pictures. No. But we decide we're going to pack it in and leave and go hunt for, for, for chub suckers. And as we're walking past a dude, he asked, you going to swim back? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old man. You've yeah, been out in the sun too long. Yeah, your truck's here. You're clearly going to get out of here at some point. We can walk out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure enough, though, on our way out, we noticed that the trail that used to be high and dry. Gone. We were on an island. Stranded there with a crazy old guy with nine fishing poles. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we were able to wade across, um, and uh, you know, it wasn't too much of a disaster. But no, could have been, could have been though. And uh, like I said, today I went out and actually had my waders on, so I was impervious to all that. And I saw a bunch of guys from uh, Massachusetts had their van. I should have took a picture, but they were all there trying to get their van out because they had parked it basically in the high tide and uh you know taking pictures of stupid things kind of get you beat up if you're sometimes sometimes but you look very tough in your waders so you probably could have you know talked your way out of it (laughs) do you know who i am (laughs) yeah that's me looking tough in waders always Um, but anyway uh it's it's a nice spot out there if anybody wants to poke around um hampton marsh i think it's a little town landing out there Really cool spot. The other thing that we thought was really cool there was these, the before the tide came in, there's all these ponded areas where the fish are trapped in these pools, and the pools are full of mummy chuck, like thousands and thousands of mummy chuck in each pool. Yep. And it was surprising to us was that the uh, that the birds weren't just sitting in those pools gobbling up all these fish. There was so many. I think it'd be easy pickings. Yeah, you would think so, but they must not be, because uh, my theory is that mummachogs must taste bad. They must. Well, we've tasted them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we had them in a in a eggnog. Chognog. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. really hard to know yeah. what was worse, the eggnog or the the mummachog. You know, it's, so. it was the eggnog was worse. <laughs> I'll maintain that. <laughs> and that's why you don't get birds sitting around drinking eggnog. That's why. So. Yeah. Yeah, disgusting. But lots of those fish were there. We should have put some time in on sticklebacks while we were there also, I think. But 
You know, I, I looked today and I did see a few fish that could have been sticklebacks. And you didn't, you had your waders on, your fishing pole with you? Yeah, and I didn't have anything small though, so I couldn't mm. try to get them. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. But then after all that, we went hunting for creek chub suckers. And this fish has become our nemesis over the past six months. I, this I don't fish, like this fish. This fish makes, you know, difficult Atlantic salmon. You know, people go out and catch Atlantic salmon or northern pike or, uh, you know, all these traditionally difficult fish. to get. It makes all those fish look like sunfish to catch. Oh, man. <laughs> Creek chub suckers are by far the most difficult fish that I've ever pursued. Yeah, in fact, if anyone in fish nerd land uh, has ever... Um, has, oh, speaking of fish nerd land, Michael Mize. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Our one listener? Yeah, I so like him. I'm, Hi, Mike. I'm, I'm fishing with Chris Prue, and he says, how do you know Mike Mize? And I said, I don't know Michael Mize. He's one of our fans. He just posted on our Facebook page. He went to high school with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, sidebar. <laughs> Very nice. So Very our nice. one listener knows the guy we fish with. Yeah. Well, so, there you go. We have a it's seven degrees of separation. Two. By, by two. Yeah. Two degrees. <laughs> so, uh, we, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, I was just lamenting about how a creek chub sucker. So, yeah, if you're out there and you say, well, I've caught a sucker. Chances are it was a white sucker. Um, Probably. Because those, we've caught those. Easy. Uh, but I swear to God, I've seen creek chub suckers feeding. I've gotten a worm in front of them, and they just ignore it. And and I've tried dough bait. I've tried everything. And I don't know. I'm at a loss. Wits end, as it were. Right. And we ask Fish and Game, how do you catch them? And they say, oh, we just paddle our boat up next to them and scoop them out with nets. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. They probably drop a few thousand volts of electricity, too, uh, to, to get them to screw. That, that probably makes a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to get out with Fish and Game and do some electroshocking and finish up these fish. <laughs> we do, because it's legal if we go with them. And that, that's our, you know, we had two rules primarily for the, uh, for the fishing quest to catch all the fish in New Hampshire and eat them. One rule is that we wouldn't use nets, because that seemed like cheating. And... Uh, Second, it, we any any legal method would do. So um, if we go with them, it's legal. That's what we're trying to do. Well, there you go. So <laughs> let's let's do that. Um, but we, anyway, when are we going to do that, Dave? When are we going to do yeah, that? Never. I don't know. We got to do that soon because <laughs> soon. then pretty soon winter comes. And they don't electroshock in the winter. And... Can you imagine electrofishing in the ice? <laughs> well, that would you're. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know I, how that would work. I, I don't think it would work. Um, I don't know. You couldn't scoop the fish up. I guess you couldn't. Yeah, that's probably why they don't do it. Probably not. Um, Plus, it's cold. <laughs> it is cold. <laughs> Who wants to be out there during the winter? So, um, anyway, so we failed on the Creek Chub Suckers. We tried a couple of spots, and uh, everything was really warm. It's a, you know, dog days of summer, probably similar to your uh, experience at Conway Lake, where the smallmouth bass were just really... You know, not into big meals, might chase something little. We we were out in these places that were uh, heavily weeded and probably warm water, and we could just see fish just sitting, not wanting to move at all. And uh, after a little while, we were able to coax pumpkin seed primarily. Um, we do, we never caught a uh, golden shiner, did we? No, which Weird. was bizarre. Yeah, they were barely moving, though. Yeah. They're all just laying there, almost dead. They must have been, like, sucking wind. 
Just Maybe. The water was probably easy in the mid-80s. I mean, they just can't breathe. Yeah. the um, And, you know, there are fish, what, the burbot, they, I've read, actually kind of hibernates in the summer. Yeah, they'll bury down the muds and just... But they're not going to be... But they would die in that shallow water. That's not a... Because they're living in big lakes. Yeah, well, I was just, I was just saying, you know, there, there are other fish that just stop moving when it gets too hot. So oh, it's just... Yeah, but it's funny because these fish, like from the south, like bluegills, for example, you'd think... They'd be great in that warm water. Yeah, I guess there's a limit for everything, though. Yeah, I guess you know? so. But so. the pickerel, you can see them just laying there, just like, oh, man. So <laughs> we caught a few fish, caught a frog. Yeah, yeah, Clay, Clay caught a frog. <laughs> he jumped uh, up, grabbed my hook. And he, he instantly was, felt bad. He did not like it. Yeah, yeah. he didn't scream, which is good. <laughs> Have you ever heard a frog scream? <laughs> I'm laughing because one time when Clay and I used to work at the Amskeg Fishways, we did kids' education stuff. And we had a big, we had an event the next day, and we had to go out. We were somehow, we found ourselves in the middle of the night in Black Brook Swamp, um, total darkness. Why, why were we out there at that time? Uh, well, because I said, hey, let's go catch some frogs. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's all it was. You lived right next to it. It was Maxwell Pond. Oh, which yeah. Is, right, which is Maxwell gone Pond. now. Now it's Black Brook. Yeah, that's they, right. They, took they, that they dam got out. rid of the they got rid of the pond. That's yeah. right. And, so uh, we we were but at night's a great time. You shine a light on a frog, they don't move, and you can just pick them right up. Easy. <laughs> and uh, God, I remember we were out there, and Clay picked one up, and it screamed. Ah! <laughs> we put it in a bag, like a wet bag, <laughs> and we're just carrying it back to the car, and the whole ride. Ah! whole time so that's exactly how it sounded too. Uh, i heard it again this summer <laughs> not that same frog that frog is long we, we didn't kill it we let it go but this summer i was with some kids at the camp i work at and we saw a snake eating a frog oh and i'm like hey guys come watch the snake eat the frog and the snakes got hold of this frog by its back legs and it's just slowly swallowing it and the frog is going ah! <laughs> it sounds just like that ah! It swallows it more and more. Ah! And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Look how the snake dislocates its jaw so we can swallow the thing. Frogs. Ah! I look at the kids. They're crying. <laughs> they tears. I'm like, why are you crying? And the frogs. Ah! And then after the snake swallowed the frog, you could hear. Ah! Inside the snake. Like just quiet. Oh and the kids are all crying. <laughs> Oh, good oh, times. Yeah, I'm a gifted naturalist. Oh, man, you're giving those kids memories. <laughs> I yell at them, too. Stop it. Frogs oh, got to eat. got to eat. <laughs> That's... Oh, I, don't... <laughs> I don't know why that strikes me so funny, but it does. Because you're a bad person. I guess I'm a bad person. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There it is. So, uh, no creek chub suckers, None. but like like you said, we we uh, had other adventures, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I remember we were talking about something, and you said, "Hey, save that for the podcast." And I was writing the podcast notes tonight. I can't remember what we're saved for the podcast. Oh no! See now, now I'm stuck too. And Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, and this is going to be riveting for listeners mm-hmm. as we try to figure out what we were going to say. <laughs> We're terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It's like, hmm, that's really fascinating, guys. Um, 
Well, I, think of it, I can't know. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Stump the Fish Nerds. Yeah, we got Stump the Fish Nerds this week, finally. By the way, for those who don't know, we do a segment called Stump the Fish Nerds when yeah. we have people calling in. Dave, you want to give the number? I do. I really want to give the number. I have it in front of me. I'll just give it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we have a Fish Nerds hotline. And if you have any question at all, just give us a call at 607 378 Fish six zero seven three seven eight fish. That's three four seven four. Leave a message on the Fish Nerds hotline, and we will play it on the air and answer all your questions. Between Dave and I, we have all the knowledge everyone needs. <laughs> Someone needs. <laughs> so. And we'll we'll stick by that. So yeah. um yep. And we actually had some calls this week, right? We had uh, well, we had me calling to make sure it worked. So, it sounds like this. Um, I'm just checking to see if this thing works. So, we have no need to play that one. (laughs) Okay, good. And then now we do have a phone call. So, all right, let's see if this works. Hello, Fish Nerds. Tim Moore calling from Seacoast Guide Service, trying to stump you guys. Uh, My question is How many bluegill fillets can Dave eat in a single sitting? I'd love to hear the answer to that on your next podcast. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right. <laughs> there it was. There it was. There it was. So that was Tim from Seacoast Guide Service. And he has a great Facebook page. He does a whole uh, – he was a guest on our show a few weeks ago also. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, you'll see his link on our website. Uh, and he does uh, fishing journals. Like he goes fishing. He videotapes himself uh, fishing and – Shows you how to do what he does. Yeah, totally but great. he asked Dave he to you particularly. Yeah, he asked you how many fillets of bluegill can you eat in one sitting? Ah, so it's yes. a tough one. I, by the way, I thought he was going to ask how many fillets of bluegill can you get off a, a fish. Oh, I thought maybe he had a special way of cutting the fish. So my brain immediately started kicking into like ways of filleting bluegills, and then. Turns out he's wants to know how many you can eat. He's calling you fat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, so the answer to that question about how many fillets of of bluegill I can eat, I about three. (laughs) It's it's because boring answer. Three. It's it's an incredibly boring answer, and I'm always so excited about you know when I when I have committed to eating a fish, I'm always excited about it, and I fillet it up and and. As I'm eating the fish, I realize I really don't like fish. I... <laughs> hey, Dave, let's catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire. Uh, no, Clay, I don't like fish. I mean, you could have just said that. We could have <laughs> it would be over. saved us a lot of writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. It, the, the eating is like the, the worst part for me um, yeah. just because all the other parts I like. You um, like killing the fish? I I love killing the fish. <laughs> I um, it's I do it out of spite. Yeah, they're naked bastards. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but the uh, the the eating of the fish is um, you know it's kind of meh, you know. And uh, bluegill are always I mean they uh, people rave about them. I've I I like them, but uh, after about three or so, I'm like, yeah, okay, got it. And um, I'm much more of a I don't know hamburger guy i guess um so that's a very disappointing answer um, it is i know uh but uh that's it 
Well, good. I'm glad we had that talk. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, in general, uh, there's there's been a few times where I've eaten a fish where I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world and I could eat a whole bunch. One was a catfish on a grill, uh, I remember once, uh, that was just outstanding. And then I tried to do it again and could never replicate it. So, um you know, there there are times when when I'm totally into fish, but for the majority of the time, it's 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 not like I seek it out for that. No, we've had some good ones in the course of our quest, also. I mean that that Effingham sandwich was really good. <laughs> the Effingham so. sandwich was really good, and the burbot was really good. The burbot was um, great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of those. Bluegill. Bluegill always kind of disappoint me. They always taste the same to me, and they always taste a little weedy to me. Um, you know, they taste more like the freshwater weeds and, um, which is fine. But like I said, not, not a lot of them. Well, there you go. You know, it's funny cause you said that you rather have a hamburger. Uh, we had a, my parents were visiting. We did a big lobster bake. Yep. Cause lobster is like $4 a pound right now. And the whole time I'm eating my lobster, I'm looking at the grill thinking, you know, a cheeseburger would be awesome. <laughs> like, I, any day of the week, I think I would choose a really great cheeseburger over a lobster. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, but they're I, good. They they are good. They are good. The best lobsters I've had are the ones that are grilled, not not boiled. Oh, because they don't get all gooey. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you know they kind of they kind of steam in their own uh, blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, a few years ago, you told me to do that, and I threw some live lobsters in the grill, and my grill was broken, so it wasn't heating up very well. Yeah, and they were kept trying to climb off while they were cooking, and I just felt bad the whole time. So were they screaming? Uh, no, they <laughs> none of that. <laughs> so oh wow, yeah, but yeah, they're definitely a big mess. Yeah, they are a big mess. <laughs> we know? were at the coast of Maine uh, a couple days ago, and we went out to a place called the Lobster Shack in Cape Elizabeth, which is this amazing place that overlooks the. Cape Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's and, lucky. Yeah, it's lucky uh, it does that. But it's great place to watch people eat lobsters who've never had lobsters before. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend go there just to watch people eat lobsters. I'm eating popcorn shrimp, which tastes like breading with dipped in ketchup. Right. Um, which is great. And we're watching this guy in front of us with his family. He's got these lobsters on the table, and he won't let his daughter, his 13 year old daughter, break her own lobster open. Oh. So he has his lobster. He keeps dangling over under the table. He'll, he'll peel it open and just pour the water out on the on the ground. <laughs> and so there's this big pile of lobster juice pooling up by his foot. He keeps dropping legs and the tail. And oh. <laughs> he's having the worst time. You can tell he's not enjoying it at all. He's wondering, why is this a delicacy? Why do people do this? <laughs> why is this and good? Really fun to watch him try to get into a lobster. Just making the worst mess. <laughs> it's just really fun to watch. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, go there, get some fried seafood, and watch people eat lobsters. Hmm. Mm, good mm, times. Good, good times. times. We know how to party. <laughs> we know how to party. All right. Good. Good. Hey, but hey, we got some fish in the news. We do. Fish in the news. Yeah. Uh, so, this little bit of information um, has has hit the airwaves, I think, pretty much today. Uh, N- NPR has featured it. National um, Public Radio. Yes, which uh, we love them. We would love to be National Public Radio uh, people. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, we better start making better podcasts. Yes, we do. 
Note to self, make better podcasts. Be funny. <laughs> um, dishwasher cooking. You can make your dinner while cleaning the plates. Mm. Apparently, uh, the thing to do now, or a thing to do now, is to cook in your dishwasher. And one of the things is salmon, apparently, is really good to cook in the dishwasher. Well, because when you're poaching a fish, low temperature, long duration is a great way to cook. Yeah. Gives that creamier fish flavor, real tender. Nice way to do it. So they recommend that you wrap salmon tightly in aluminum foil or a cooking bag. Mm -hmm. And this is not wise news, though, Dave. Uh, Why is it news? That's not the news. What do you mean it's not the news? No, that's the background. So in the 80s and and 90s, that was a popular method. And they would say, wrap it in foil, stick it in the dishwasher with no soap, run the cycle, eat your dinner. But now the way it's news is because this Italian lady has written a book on dishwasher cooking, an entire cookbook. It's only available in Italian. But what she <laughs> recommends you do is you cook everything in mason jars. And that way you can add soap and still wash dishes. You're not wasting the energy of running the cycle. That's why it's news. That's why it's news. That's why it's news because there's a book out. Man, <sighs> yeah, there you go. Books. Books are news. Books are news. So that's the, anyway, but it sounds like fun. I want to cook some fish. I want to put a weird fish. Do you do it alive? Like you get a live goldfish, stick it in a mason jar and <laughs> run it through and call it poached? I suppose you could. And then you just open up the jar and slog it down. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine, like, I run the dishwasher at night before I go to bed. Yeah. So what happens to the food in those six hours? <laughs> After it's done running, <laughs> you wake up. <laughs> right at that incubator temperature, you know. Because right, like, who runs dishwasher before they have dinner? Yeah, nobody, right? Nobody. That's why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's brainstorm a little bit about other, uh, you know, multi-use household activities that you could double for fishing. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, keep, your, keep your bait in your toilet. So, Ooh, like you in the back? <laughs> In the back, yes. When you flush, though, they end up in the bowl. No. Well, put them oh. in a cage or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it wrong all yeah. these times. <laughs> but if, if you kept them in a cage, then you flush. They get mm-hmm. new water. You know, mm-hmm. new water comes in. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, double duty right there. You know, they probably do well. Double duty. Get it? Duty? Uh, duty. Yeah, I got no. No, sorry. Never do that again. Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, they probably do really well. Yeah, especially um, you know, not fall fish because they die anyway. But like, like a mama chog would probably be very happy. Yeah, or a cra- yeah, actually, crayfish would do really well. Crayfish would love it a lot. They wouldn't want to be in the back of the bowl. <laughs> would be in the actual toilet itself. Yeah, that that so, would be a little disturbing. Yeah, no, nah, so that won't work. What other household items can we use for fishing? Well, we um, could um, split a lamp cord and electrofish with it. That's true. You just throw the throw the lamp in. That would work. Yeah, that's terrible. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's all I got. That's all you got. Well, you know what? You can use your 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 popcorn popper, um, your air popper to roast coffee beans, right? I did. So know there that. must be. Yeah, there's a whole there's websites and books about that. Again, impractical, silly thing. Yeah. But there must be a way to use that heat to cook fish. That's true. Or you could put shiners in your pocket when you're ironing your clothes. <laughs> you could cook them right there perfect, perfect. You, iron, you iron your clothes i iron my clothes every morning wow every morning when i go to work i pull out what i'm gonna wear because i've stuffed it in a drawer and then i have to iron it otherwise i look like 
Um, well, I, I look like there's a guy on my, I, I take a train down to Boston every day and, uh, there's a guy I've deemed the wrinkled man and the wrinkled man is constantly wearing wrinkled clothes and, uh, I don't get it, but he's, a, he's the wrinkled man. I used to buy this spray that you would spray in your clothes and the wrinkles would, well, the, the label said the wrinkles would fall out of your clothes. Wow. Yeah. The reality was is you smelled like spray. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. But, it, wow. you know, so, but I could put fish in my pockets and I, I could have a little snack on the way down to. Uh, I'm not even sure I own an iron. Really? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, Don't they, ask uh... Kristen that. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, my wife. Probably has an iron somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. So, all right. That's enough of that. All right. Fish so, yeah. in the news. It's over. Hey, so as you listeners know, Dave and I have been writing a book. And writing and, a book. And, and, writing, and a writing a book. book. We've had a uh, we, we've had an agent for the past years. Contract is up soon. Uh, and he hasn't sold our book. So... We have to do it ourselves. So coming soon, we are going to start fundraising to get our book on the shelves using Kickstarter. And and for those who don't know what Kickstarter is, is it's a uh, platform where you can crowdfund art projects. And our book will be our project. And so we're going to need help from all the Fish Nerds fans to help pay to get our book on the shelves. Basically, we're going to ask you to pre-buy the book. You pay for it in advance, we'll get it published, we'll ship you a copy, we'll sign it, and you'll yeah. have the Fish Nerds book. Well, there's also neat things. You, you have different levels of sponsorship. So, like, you know, for whatever X amount, you get a book. For X right. a little bit more, you get a signed book. You know, for X more, you can come fishing with us. Or maybe Ooh, X... how much to fish with you? Uh, I know. Maybe, actually, maybe it's less money. <laughs> you give us enough money we won't call you again we we'll stop money. podcasting we won't sing to you <laughs> you know for more money we'll cook you a dinner in your dishwasher oh that sounds great yes so uh, we haven't worked out what all the gifts that we're going to give you but they're very generous of course and very well worth it absolutely but we need to get this book out we've got it almost probably 90% written right now yeah we need to polish it. The money for Kickstarter will go to things like proper editing, uh, <laughs> which is important. <laughs> yes, it is important. Uh, it'll go through, of course, the publishing costs, which is really expensive. And the more money we raise, the lower cost per book and the more the, the, the more better. <laughs> the more good our book is going to be. Uh, <laughs> but the more money we can raise, the better quality book we can put out. And, and the more money fish and game get. That's right. We're giving 10% of our profits to New Hampshire Fish and Game. So if we self-fund the book without raising money, until we make back our investment, Fish and Game doesn't get a dime. Right. But if we crowdsource the funding through Kickstarter, so we're not spending thousands out of our own pockets, then immediately our royalties, 10% of that goes right to Fish and Game. I know. it's like Because you know, the profits start right away. Big money in book publishing, I hear, too. <laughs> i'm sure fishing game is already counting the money ah oh, they've given up on that a long time ago <laughs> so but stay tuned for more details we'll be launching that in the next couple of weeks or so uh and we will keep you informed yes so that's kickstarter coming soon getting our book on the market 
<laughs> and one of the things we've been reading about, you know, why, how do people sell books? And the, and the publishing world is changing very rapidly. Um, pretty much all the old school publishing people are falling by the wayside and getting replaced by people that understand social media, the people understand. New school people. Yeah, new school. That's right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things is uh, your platform. They always say, mm-hmm. build your platform. We've been building this platform. Yes. And basically, platform <laughs> is all the other stuff you do. And, uh, and that brings us to fishnerds.com, where we have Fish Nerds Nation, where we, we point out interesting things from people all over the world that are like us, fish nerds. Um, and we often follow a guy, Jerry and Max. Max is his dog. Mm. And Jerry goes fishing and catches fish out of the Erie Canal and puts little cowboy hats on them. I love these guys. <laughs> and he, he makes the fish talk, and then he, he throws it back. And um, Jerry's been sick. And uh, everybody's been, you know, people chiming in, a little worried about Jerry. Jerry's feeling a little blue, so uh, we've been trying to cheer him up a little bit. But um, he's still, he went out, he made his triumphant return the other day. And he traded in, he used to drive a beat-up van, like a beat-up Chevy van. I thought Jerry was a dog. No, Max is no, the dog. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and his new fishing vehicle, he showed it the other day, and I think uh, I think it's coming up on Fish Nerds. Is um, it, you know those little uh, those little electronic scooters that people that are that old people drive around in? Oh yeah, cool. It's one of those. Oh, I need one of those. <laughs> So he's Does it got, have, like, pontoons on it? it? It doesn't have pontoons, but it has rod holders on it. <laughs> that's great. So that's his new fishing. And I think it even has a wagon. Um, wow, good for him. So, uh, but, yeah, like I said, I think he's he was he must have got pretty sick there for a while because he stopped putting out videos. He normally does one every day. And him and his dog. And his dog barks at the barges that goes by. Um, so, anyway, our thoughts uh, go out to Jerry and hope he's feeling better. Yeah, because what would Max do without him? I know. It's going to be... by himself. Exactly. Just go out. Good. So, uh, on that cheery note, that's Fish Nerd yeah, Nation. Yeah, on that cheery note, uh, if you haven't done so already, please like our Fish Nerds page on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, which Dave's going to start Twittering tomorrow, because uh, <laughs> he has a smartphone, I don't. Um, and go to iTunes, look up Fish Nerds, subscribe if you haven't already rate us five stars it's really important yep and make a little comment and we will appreciate it we don't make any money on this podcast yet so little things like that keep the podcast going if you want to sponsor the podcast we'd love to have your money and your product or whatever and uh so please get in touch with us at uh sponsors at fishnerds.com and we will send you a rates sheet and talk about how you can get involved with the fish nerds it's all platform it's and all we're platform. about to be real big when our book comes out we can sell dozens of them <laughs> <laughs> twelves will be hundred nairs hundred yeah make at least twelve dollars yeah so. so but regardless it's all fun and and uh you know we had fun running into a bunch of uh fishing people this weekend so uh, you know, that's really what it's all about. We don't have our sign-off yet. I know. We really need to spend some time writing. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, once we have engineers and people working for us, making our money, then we can start, like, having credits. 
You know what? I want a publicist. Ooh, I'll be your publicist. Oh, okay. Oh, we already am. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're all we got. <laughs> Deal. Because you're my publicist. Oh, there you go. And you know, I'm your, I'm the producer. You're the engineer. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got all worked out. All right. Well, all right. that is that is it. That is this week's uh, Fish Nerds. Fish Nerds. And if Dave ever engineers last week's, that will be up, too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm working on it. Get in the game, kid. Come on. All right. All right. Fish Nerds. Dot com. Dot com.